0: Blue wire. The San Diego Chargers select Joey
1: Bosa. Oh, here comes Bosa! The Los Angeles Chargers select Derwin James. And it's intercepted at the 35-yard line, Derwin James.
0: Welcome, everybody, to a short week edition of the Powder Blue Review We're doing, you know, it's a short week. I totally forgot the team was playing um, on Thursday when I recorded the first episode of this week. But I felt like I had to get you guys something prior to Thursday's game. I didn't want to leave you guys hanging whatsoever. So it's a little bit of a surprise pod Um, a little bit earlier in the week. Obviously got to get it out uh, so you guys can enjoy it with plenty of time before this week's matchup against the Oakland Raiders. And uh, we got a good one for you guys. I got Raider Cody from the Raider Cody podcast podcast. Um, from Blue Wire, he's part of the Blue Wire family, and uh, he is kind of everything that is Raider fandom, so uh, I thought he would be a great guy to have on, and we had uh, an awesome conversation with him uh, the other day, and uh, this is what I'm gonna give you guys today for your show, so um, short and sweet, we're just gonna get right to the interview, so I hope you guys enjoy So I'm joined now by Raider Cody of the Raider Cody podcast here at Blue Wire Network. You could say, um, you know, he's a little bit of a brother in that Blue Wire Network, so we're always glad to, to talk to him. And especially on a week such as this, where the Chargers take on the Raiders on Thursday night football, prime time, only game on. Everyone's going to be watching, so it's going to be just amazing. Now, Cody, how are you doing heading into this week?
1: I'm pumped, man. I know you are too. We're both coming off. For us, it was a stressful win. For you guys, it was a win that you almost didn't even expect to be able to come out and pull a big win off against the Packers. It's absolutely nuts. Um, And I'm happy now to come in here, eh, crawl over here into your podcast, a little jumping into Mm -hmm. enemy territory, I guess, for a minute. Um, But, you know, we got a short week. And coming in here, it's – I mean, we had Victory Monday. It's Victory Tuesday. We're two days away from football. And you said it best, man. Everyone's going to be watching. All eyes on us. Divisional game in Oakland. I'm pumped, man.
0: And this could potentially be or is actually the last uh, game at the Coliseum between these two teams. I know Rivers mentioned it. Yeah. Um, have you thought about that too much, that this is probably the last time or is the last time the
1: Chargers and Raiders play in the Coliseum? Well, I haven't thought about too much of matchups lately, but that, that is a good point, um, especially I guess that's a good mindset for Phillip Rivers to have. Um, but more so I'm thinking this is the final Thursday night game we'll ever get in the Coliseum. So um, mm-hmm. I only go to a handful of games a year. And this was one of them I really wanted to try and get to. I'm gonna be there, luckily. Um, but yeah, it's just you know moments like that. I, I went to uh, a Monday night game. I went to a Thursday night game this year, um, and I plan on going to the final game of the year. So uh, I'm trying to hit things, I guess, all around the court. And uh, yeah, I mean, I've been to probably five or six Charger games here in Oakland. Uh, one of the one of the special ones, and uh, the matchups are always crazy. So I'm looking forward to it. Now, uh,
0: Coach Lynn, Anthony Lynn, mentioned something uh, heading into this week. I believe it was his press conference he did uh, on Monday. And he mentioned his experience playing at the Raiders or just the Raiders in general. And he talked about that he got hit by plenty of things thrown from the audience. And that included, you know, <laughs> beers and even batteries. And he himself said, yeah, that's oh the stereotype of, of Raider fans is true. Uh, do you have any thoughts about that statement?
1: Uh, it's hard to say, man. I can't speak for all Raider fans because I'm not as crazy as them. Uh, but I guess you just never know. Uh, that, that's interesting because I've never really heard too many stories, um, but I wouldn't really put it past some people, man. Uh, you know how it is. I mean, they uh, they get drunk, they get crazy, um, and there's a lot of immature people in the world, and unfortunately, I'm sure a lot of them are Raiders fans as well, so uh, I can't necessarily speak for them. Um, let's hope that this doesn't happen. Uh, you know, that's uh, one of those things that even like with our move to Vegas, I don't want to say we're going to get classier necessarily, but Um, hopefully you know the the fan base kind of gets a little bit more organized in that sense and when we get in this nice new shiny stadium that we don't you know just you know keep acting like the same old oakland raiders at the coliseum that give us that reputation hopefully we clean up our act a little bit
0: hopefully but if you guys do move to vegas and become classier like you say (laughs) you might be the first people to do just those things in that exact (laughs) order (laughs) <laughs> um, it's going to be exciting. It's going to be weird seeing them in, in, in Vegas, but, uh, uh, yeah. we've got a few questions I want to roll out to you. Um, I know, thank you again for, I know this is your lunch breaking. I'm taking some of your private time, but, uh, oh. you know, regardless, I do, I do appreciate it. And, uh, for starters, man. So just your overall feelings about this Raiders team through this season so far, and, uh, where do you think they've just exceeded expectations and what do you think they've underwhelmed?
1: Uh, well, I think the offense for the most part has exceeded expectations because we went into this thing thinking we had Antonio Brown and that he's going to be kind of the final piece to a wide receiver group that we thought was going to be borderline elite. You know, I mean, we have a familiar face from you guys, Tyrell Williams, who I felt like was a perfect compliment to any number one wide receiver. I mean, I'm sure you guys would, uh, if you guys had the choice, be able to take him back and line him up opposite of Keenan Allen again. Um, he's one of those guys that he has that deep threat. He can run almost any route. Um, he's had, a, he's had, he struggled a little bit with drops with us this year. Um, he's had probably three or four key drops throughout the season. Um, but overall, he's had a great game or, uh, you know, six games, I think he's played in because he was battling uh, plantar fasciitis for two games. Um, but the offense as a whole, still, I mean, we had tight ends step up. Our offensive line was way better from last season. I mean, we had like the worst offensive line in the league last year. Um, And I think we've only allowed maybe like three or four sacks at most this season. So the offense has clearly exceeded my expectations. Josh Jacobs is killing it, um, really doing a great job all around. Um, but the defense now is – I don't even know what to say. I mean, we're young, so I understand that. And we've struggled in coverage, and I know Phillip Rivers is going to take advantage of that. I'm not really sure of the scheme that we're running because the issue is we've had the same thing the last two years. We struggled with a pass rush, and when you start struggling with a pass rush, you got to find ways to buy your corners time. And we start falling into this like soft zone coverage, and it's creating a lot of mismatches, and it's really tearing us up on defense. Um, and I know these guys are young, and a lot of new faces are on defense, but it's not helping either when we're shooting ourselves in the foot with like penalties. So um, we're one of the least penalized offenses in the NFL, uh, but we're easily one of the most penalized defenses in the nfl as well so um when you're saying exceeding expectations it's one side of the ball and then the underwhelming side is the other side of the ball so yeah i mean we're better than what we are overall if i'm looking at the season right now being four and four after our crazy long road stretch we're just kind of happy and finally feeling good to be home and i'm content I i don't have many complaints on this season as a whole
0: the holidays are almost here and you know what that means gifts and what better gift to give the guy in your life than a stylish shirt that fits just right unlike most brands untucked shirts are actually designed to be worn untucked untucked shirts always fall at just the right length no matter his size so he looks casual and sharp shopping for shirts can be so frustrating And if you're like a bigger guy, kind of like me, you know, I'm 6'3", you know about 200, uh, we'll call it 40 pounds at the moment. And uh, maybe you've been a former athlete, maybe used to do some some heavy lifting, something like that, where your body isn't just like the normal shape of people. So you go in, you try on a bunch of shirts that unfortunately maybe fit your shoulders, but don't fit your waist or fit your waist and they're too big on the shoulders. Just something like that. It's just, it it gets to be so frustrating that you never even wanna go out of your house to even try shopping. Now with Untucket, I haven't had this issue. Honestly, it's just kinda click, point, buy, and I'm happy. It is phenomenal to be able to just pick a shirt that looks good and fits good, and then there's nothing else to think about other than that. So whether you're shopping for the perfect holiday gift or just trying to craft a smart, relaxed style of your own, Untucket is the way to go visit untuckit.com and use code blue for 20% off at checkout. That's u n t u c k i t dot and promo code blue for 20% off. Support for blue wire comes from manscaped who is number one in men's below the belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision engineered tools for your family jewels. Now I know it's not normal for everybody, but at least once in your life as a guy, you've probably tried to to pretty up your undercarriage, right? And it's it's difficult. You've got to hold things just right. You got to flatten things out, uh, and then you got to have the hand-eye coordination of a surgeon to make sure you know nothing's nicked or, or just treated wrong. So that's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. Their Lawnmower 2.0 has proprietary skin-safe technology, so this trimmer won't nick or snag your nuts. Manscaping accidents are finally a thing of the past. And don't use the same trimmer on your face as you're using on your balls. That's just nasty. Manscaped also has the Crop Preserver, an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. You already put deodorant on your armpits. Why are you not putting deodorant on the smelliest part of your body? Get 20% off and free shipping with the code BLUEWIRE at manscaped.com. Always use the right tools for the job. Your balls will thank you. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code bluewire at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. And make sure you use the code bluewire. Yeah, man, they've been a pleasant surprise. I know if I was a Raiders fan, I would uh, feel okay. I, w- I definitely wouldn't feel bad. I wouldn't feel over the moon. Um, I feel pretty good. You know, I-, I definitely have some built up confidence in this team so far. But uh, speaking of Josh Jackson, Um, You guys had a sizable rookie class, including three first round picks. Mm -hmm. Now, Justin, or excuse me, not Justin Jackson, Josh Jacobs, I believe I screwed up. Um, Josh Jacobs has been phenomenal. I actually have him on my dynasty league in fantasy football. I took him with the second overall pick. Um, Glad to get him. But talk about your other two first round picks and Cleland Farrell and Jonathan Abram. And then just any other rookies that you believe have really stepped up and uh, just been a nice surprise so far this season.
1: Okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah, our rookie class has been huge for us. Um, Josh Jacobs, obviously for any football fan knows who he is. Um, You explained it perfect. Now, Jonathan Abram, uh, we only got a small sample size. He played one game for us against the Denver Broncos and he like laid a mean hit. Forget who it was on. It was on, it was on a wide receiver on the sideline. And he ended up like tearing his labrum. He, I mean, he had a pretty jacked-up shoulder, and he was willing to, I think, play through it. And we've seen – I mean, we've had players even like Charles Woodson play through stuff like that. But he is a rookie, and you got to think about his long-term health of that shoulder. You want that—you don't want that thing to heal up funny and keep popping out of place. So we put him on IR. Uh, so I think our secondary is missing him a little bit, his presence, his energy, you know, guys that set the tone. Cleveland um, Farrell has been widely underwhelming uh, throughout the fan base. This last week, he finally stepped up a little bit for us. And he's not like some crazy – like he's not – I we we needed a pass rusher at that number four overall pick you know and I think we're all hoping that we're going to go out and get someone like what you guys got like a Joey Bosa you know or somebody like that like a pure pass rusher that you can put on the edge and do it all um, and he kind of we thought had that similar build maybe uh, maybe not quite like a Joey Bosa but uh, he went out there and has I think I uh, recorded one sack the first week and since then has been almost non-existent last week he showed up um, I think you know of course you probably start hearing some of the chatter and hearing some of the backlash from some of the fans and uh, I think he was you know able to step up and prove some people wrong he came up big on a on the game ceiling play on defense last week on the goal line uh, got some good pressure on Matthew Stafford and ended that but um, I mean the first round picks have been great but it's the depth of our draft that's been huge um, look for number 13 Hunter Renfro he was a fourth round pick he's been playing great um, he's a little slot wide receiver um, and as of now kind of growing to be Derek Carr's go-to target if it's a third down or a, a, a like goal line situation, and and we need a catch. Look for number thirteen to be getting the ball um, in those key situations, as well as now on defense. Another fourth round pick, Max Crosby, number ninety eight. You'll see him. He's probably been one of our most all around, our best all around pass rushers. Our guys coming off the edge. Um, so yeah, it's it's kind of just been the depth of this draft. I mean, we have an undrafted rookie punter. We have an undrafted rookie fullback who's been dominating um depending on if we get Rodney Hudson back we might have an undrafted rookie center that's been playing pretty well uh so yeah I mean I'm glad you brought up the draft class because that's kind of been the the heartbeat of this team we we ended up with a pretty good little class and uh I guess you know we'll see what they keep doing here in Oakland but so far they're putting on a pretty good show
0: yeah, I've been uh it's been good to see Renfro finally get some success. I was able to to be in Mobile, Alabama for the senior bowl this past January and I got to watch him and and he was almost unguardable. And then you've got guys like Foster Moreau and you mentioned Max Crosby, I believe both yeah. of them were at Senior Bowl as well. And and this is just a fun fact, Max Crosby and I actually played for the same head coach in college. Oh. Um, he wasn't at Eastern Michigan yet, but Eastern Michigan's head coach, Chris Creighton, was the head coach of a uh, Drake University, who played tight end at Um, years ago so just a fun little fact uh, some connections there but um, yeah you're definitely right this uh, this draft class has been great in terms of its depth and uh, the Chargers have found some success over the last couple years with some of their depth pieces as well Uh, just most recently against the Packers the blocked punt was from our fourth round pick in linebacker Drew Tranquil um, we've gotten good plays from Cortez Broughton, who was a seventh-round pick, uh, defensive tackle. Our fifth-round pick was Easton Stick, who looked good in the preseason. Who some people may think might end up being, um, uh, you know, a career backup, but he was electric in the um, in the preseason. And some guys were really excited about him. But overall, and then you know, the Chargers have had their luck with undrafted free agents. Some injuries we've had: Roger Teemer, undrafted free agent, safety from Tulane, who's had to play the last three or four games. Um, at strong safety due to the fact that the first two strong safeties in front of them are unfortunately injured. So I totally understand there. Um, there's nothing like a, a deep draft class, honestly, to kind of uh, uh, shore up injuries and, and problems that kind of come out of nowhere. Yeah. So uh, moving on with what you know about the chargers and the state of this team um, as of this moment, how would you personally build the game plan for the Raiders to attack the Chargers and and hopefully come out with a victory after this Thursday.
1: Um, I'm going to be more just worried about right now how we answer to covering Keenan Allen because two weeks ago we faced DeAndre Hopkins, and we found ourselves, you know like I mentioned earlier, getting mismatched. And we found ourselves multiple times in zone coverage with linebackers lining up against DeAndre Hopkins. And even though it might not be a man-to-man coverage, um, even though he might have some help elsewhere, um, that's an automatic disadvantage right there off the line being matched up against that linebacker. And he was, I mean, he had 11 catches, eight of them being against linebackers in his area. So um, this last week, obviously the Lions don't have a clear cut star wide receiver like that, uh, but they had guys like Marvin Jones and stuff moving in and out of the slot, finding those same areas on our linebackers. I'm not sure exactly what we're doing in the secondary, um, but how I feel about this game and what I'm worried about is how we're going to game plan against Keenan Allen. Because uh, I guarantee you the Chargers have watched these last two weeks. I guarantee you, they watched DeAndre Hopkins. Um, exactly how they use DeAndre Hopkins to go out there and make an impact, and they're going to try and do the same thing. And hopefully, we have an answer for that because we can't just leave um, Keenan Allen being lined up against linebackers. And we also now our our okay. one veteran, I guess, returning corner is going to be Daryl Worley, and he's battling like a little Achilles injury. And the chances of him playing could be slim. So uh, he could be facing up a lot against uh, our second-round pick, rookie Trayvon Mullen out of Clemson also, uh, since we're basically the Clemson Raiders after this last draft. So it would be interesting to see how we answer that, Bill. And, I mean, yeah. I mean, it's just the whole defense. I feel like our offense can put points up and keep this game competitive. Um, I'm just going into this thing worried about defense. I'm just going to keep my fingers crossed. And, you know, eliminate mental errors. Hopefully that's what we're really keen on, especially with all these young guys having to step up into big roles. Um, Yeah, I mean, a question for you. Um, I was Mm -hmm. kind of thinking about your your run game. Uh, You guys finally Mm -hmm. started, I feel like, to establish that last year with Melvin Gordon coming out. Um, Now after his holdout and everything, how are you guys doing in your rushing offense?
0: So, yeah, um, I was going to say, just because you mentioned Keenan Allen, just that he's been, you know, he hasn't done much since his uh, three games to start the season. He was on a tirade. He was number one in a bunch of categories to lead the NFL. Uh, Most recently, he just had three catches for 40 yards against the Packers. And before that, you know, he had a handful of catches for, you know, less than 70 yards. I think he hasn't broken 70 or 80 yards for a bit. And and then I was going to ask, you know, how how do you think about the run game, how they did against the Packers? Well, the run game's been, was, I should say, bad. Right. They were historically bad in that they were the first team in this Super Bowl era to rush for less than 40 yards in four straight games. So, that's mm. pretty bad. But then all of a sudden, you have this game against the Packers where um, Ken Wisenhunt was fired, right? And they replaced him with Shane Steichen, who's uh, formerly under Norv Turner, right? Who was a really good head coach for the Chargers, one of the most respected play callers in the entire NFL, comes out and makes this team look completely different. And one of the biggest things is that he was able to establish the run game. And the Green Bay Packers, it's a revamped defense. They got the Smith Brothers. Blake Martinez is, is leading the NFL in tackles. I mean, it's a good, defense they can get after the quarterback and seem to stifle the run a little bit especially when you got kenny clark in there along the defensive interior but the chargers were able to average over four yards per carry for the first time i think since week three and they rushed for a hundred and i want to say 58 yards on 38 total carries both eckler and gordon were able to rush for over uh 70 yards gordon had 80 yards and two touchdowns so all of a sudden that running game was there And you saw just how dominant the Chargers could be when they're able to run the ball and control the clock a little bit. And it was a little lopsided, obviously. It was just all in the Chargers' favor. But um, I'm not sure how much optimism I can still have because they did just go again four games, less than 40 rushing yards. And then you got one game where they rushed for four times that, You know, almost 160 rushing yards against the Packers. So what's most likely going to happen? You know, as much as I would like to think they could rush for 100 plus yards, control the clock against the Raiders, there's still a good chance that that was a fluke game and they kind of fall back to where they were. So um, I have a little bit of hope, but as things stand, uh, you know, it's a divisional opponent. They tend to play Chargers really well. Every single game comes down to the wire, it seems like. So uh, I'm cautiously optimistic. Let's put it that way.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. No, I understand that completely. And we've kind of been on defense, depending on what we're giving you on defense. I don't imagine you guys needing to run it that much. So we'll see. Uh, The only thing that you guys are going to have to try and do, I think, is control the clock because our offense has been heating up here the last few weeks. Um, But I mean, hey, we're the Oakland Raiders. We're a little roller coaster sometimes. So let's hope, uh, you know, we show up.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, you want to talk about roller coasters, that's the Chargers as well. Um, so I feel you. So uh, we're just going to flip the, the last question kind of around now. Um, if you were the Chargers, how would you game plan against the Raiders in, in terms of their strengths and weaknesses? And I know you kind of mentioned it, but a uh, little more of a, a grandiose plan here.
1: Ooh, okay. So whenever I think, I'll start with your offense. Um, if I'm the Chargers and I'm going out there, I'm going spread offense, uh, obviously, because of the injuries that we're having right now at corner. Uh, we just traded away Gary on Daryl uh, Darryl Worley could be hurt. So the, our starting two corners that were there week one are gone. Uh, we have a rookie corner who has, this will be his second game start. Or, you know what? Just kidding. This will be his third game start this week. Um, we have Nevin Lawson who came out and has had zero game starts. He was suspended for four games. Um, and he was just signed by the Raiders this offseason. Uh, we have LaMarcus Joyner who's supposed to be our nickel corner but has struggled big time. Not even just um, against some of the bigger-sized wide receivers, but even just uh, on mental – like I said earlier, mental errors. Um, for a big-time uh, veteran corner to come in here, veteran corner safety is kind of a do-it-all guy. I, I don't like those mental errors. I don't like the unnecessary, unnecessary holding calls. I don't like the stuff that we can you know avoid. So I would just attack our corners. I'd spread them out. I mean, I don't know what your wide receiver group – Totally looks like, but if you can get four wide receivers on the field, um, including maybe like a Hunter Henry or something, uh, spread them out there and, and just attack us. Um, spread offense, I think, is going to be our biggest weakness right now to try and defend. And coming over, I think to um, trying to stop our offense, I'm not really sure. We haven't seen a whole lot of like eight in the box. Um, we we don't get that a whole lot versus Josh Jacobs. And when we do, he hasn't been as great. That's what we've done a great job of, I think, for. Um, at least John Gruden has is finding ways to somehow mix it up lately because we've struggled against the run early in the off season when we showed obvious run looks uh, first down, second down. We just got there every single, I mean for a while, probably the first four weeks, every single first down we ran the ball. And it was just becoming too obvious. And that's when the run game started to go bad. Um, That's when they started crowding the box. And when the the box was crowded, um, especially with some of our banged-up offensive linemen, that was the only way that teams could stop our run. Um, And when it comes to wide receivers and tight ends, I think your main focus is keying on uh, Darren Waller. Because as soon as he kind of starts getting taken out of games and double-teamed, we start to struggle more to find passes down the field. We have to utilize a lot of weapons because – I mean, really, we don't have too many consistent weapons that have been there the entire season. Tyrell Williams missing a lot. Hunter Renfro finally being emerged. Um, And we have a lot of guys like Marcel Aitman, uh, Trevor Davis, uh, Zay Jones, guys that have only played a couple games for us. Um, So I think it's just a matter of eliminating the go-to targets and then hoping that there's a, or I mean, if I'm the Chargers, hoping there's not a good connection there with some of the new guys or the guys that haven't been there all eight games of the season. So. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, offense, we're not necessarily a one trick pony, but if you can eliminate Josh Jacobs and Darren Waller, that's going to be your best bet um, to stop this team. Yeah, so one of my
0: biggest worries is obviously stopping Josh Jacobs simply because, yeah, uh, the Chargers have been missing their two starting defensive tackles the last two games and Justin Jones and, and Brandon Mebane. And we, we've gotten to see first round, uh, defensive tackle, Jerry Tillery playing a little bit, but then you got veterans like Damian Square and and the most recently signed Sylvester Williams, kind of been around the league a little bit, actually playing fairly well uh, his first two games with us. And um, one of the biggest matches I think I'll be looking at is Darren Waller against whoever. And I, I think the Chargers' best Plan of attack there uh, to stopping him would probably be getting Desmond King on him, and Desmond King's I believe a top three uh, nickel cornerback, slot corner uh, in this league. But there's you know difference, right? Des King and I believe Waller's a good six five or something around there, um, and I know Waller's got some speed to him as well. So uh, definitely something I'm going to be looking at uh, really closely. Is, is I think Waller's going to be probably that main target. Uh, the Chargers are going to have to try and stifle. Um, real quick, kind of before we. Uh, wind this thing up and get a prediction about how the game's going to go. I, I did want to ask, is Trent Brown playing
1: on Thursday? Because I heard he was a little nicked up. Uh, well, we got a couple guys. Trent Brown, being a short week, he probably won't. I think if it was on a Sunday game, I think he would, depending on how sore his knee actually is. He tried to give it a go again after he injured it um, and came right back out of the game. So I would not plan on him being in there. Uh, we have, you know, a couple different backups. Uh, we'll see who they decide to rotate in there. But for the most part, Trent Brown should be out. I don't necessarily expect even our starting center, Rodney Hudson, to be playing. If he does, that'd be a pleasant surprise. Um, Daryl Worley being out. And, of course, one of our pass rushers, Arden Key, came up with a broken bone in his foot, which is unfortunate because he finally started to emerge. So a little, you know, I mean, we're banged up, but, I mean, you guys are missing probably more players than we are, so I can't really use that as an excuse this week.
0: Mm -hmm. It's Yeah, man, there's injuries... Uh, there's not much you can say about him. next man up is is kind of all you want you wanna kind of yeah. roll your eyes at that saying actually when it happens too often. Um, but all right, man, final predictions for this game. so why don't you go ahead and uh, you know, in a few sentences, just kind of tell me how you think the game's gonna go in general, and then how do you think it's gonna end up with a final score prediction?
1: Uh, well, I like to see as a fan, um given that our defense hasn't been that great. i I expect a little bit of a shootout. Um, just kind of depends on on what offense shows up here. Hopefully John Gruden has something really good drawn up for primetime football. Um, But I I expect a shootout. I mean, Phillip Rivers never takes it easy on us uh, by any means. Uh, I I could say that I think that our team is probably his most hated team in the NFL. Uh, So I know Phillip wants to get out there and uh, do his best to tear us up. And I think that's how it's going to be all the way down to the wire. And I don't expect it any other way. I mean, historically, Thursday night football games in that Oakland Coliseum, uh, have been nail biters all the way to the end. I mean, there's all the way down to like the Kansas city game we had a couple of years ago. Um, catching like, I forget what it was. We had like three defensive pass interference calls or something in like the last five seconds of the game, uh, that kept the thing going. that kept the game going. Um, so it's just one of those things. Uh, I expect this to come down to the wire and for a fan that's going to be there in person in the Coliseum, uh, I don't expect it to go really any other way. Uh, that's the only way you can send out a final game um, on, or final Thursday night game there. Uh, just do it the proper way, the the most traditional way. And I expect, you know, th- this Chargers team, I- I'm really worried about you guys coming out because coming off a win like that against Green Bay, uh, it's huge. It's it's really huge. And it's I always express for my team is you look for those defining moments and those defining games to carry you through the rest of your season. So whenever you guys go out there and, and you establish that against a team like that, um, I, it doesn't matter. I know you are saying uh, before we even started this that it didn't look like the team that played those first seven games. Well, you could never see that team that played the first seven games again. You could go out there after the game like that, and the rest of your season could be this this team that played against the Packers. Um, and you just never know. It's, it's crazy how momentum works. Um, so that's something I'm kind of worried about. I mean, you guys could go out there and be fired up, Maybe we go out there with the same energy and hopefully, I mean, this could be a really crazy, good game, a, r- a really good game. So yeah, um, I'm a little scared of the chargers, but hopefully we can match the energy and both have a little momentum going into this thing. So what's your final score prediction then? Final score prediction. I'm not big on score predictions, but I'm going to go both over 30 points. I am going to say 34, 31 final score. Raiders.
0: Raiders. Okay. Um so I like to be optimistic and yeah. I like to be just as as pessimistic as well because I I mean or in other words realistic when it comes to Chargers stuff. Uh I think it's going to be a tough game. Um I could I could see you know both teams over 30 plus points. Um I definitely see points being scored. I definitely see I can see some back and forth action. Um, Gruden's done a good job of turning this Raiders team, uh, and definitely kind of filling in that, uh, that identity that he, he wants to create, which is, you know, tough, hard nose, blue collar and all that stuff. Uh, you know, the Raiders of old per se. So, um, that's what this team is right now. They're, they're, they're gutsy. They're gutting out some really close wins. And that's the difference between teams that pick in the top 10 and and, and teams that make the playoffs. And so far, the, the Raiders have done a good job of winning the games they're supposed to, and even coming out on top in some of these close games, um, I have a bad feeling about a little bit of a hangover from this game. I think the Raiders or the Chargers will come out, still play well, but I think the Raiders will match them in that energy and in that intensity and make just as many plays. And I think it's going to be 27-24, but at the same time, I could see you know that 27 being the Chargers and I can see it being the Raiders. So um, it, it's tough for me to pick one, but why don't I just go with, it's going to be come down to that game field goal at the end.
1: I agree. I agree. I could go with that too. Same thirty-four, thirty-one. I'll 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 share your um, friendliness uh, since we're not uh, (laughs) you know strangling each other's necks just because we're division rivals. But yeah, I agree. It's gonna whatever it is. The score is gonna be within three, um, no matter who comes away with it. And hopefully, it's a good game. I just want a close game. That's it.
0: Yeah, I'd like a good game. I don't want a 10 to 7, uh, a 12 to 6. I want some points and I want some fireworks and I want a little bit of drama if we're being honest. So, yeah, uh, I'm I'm sure you can agree on that (laughs) if it comes out and it's just like, you know, a TNF snoozer that we got too accustomed to, you know, within the last couple of years. I'm going to riot, even if we win or lose, <laughs> you know? <laughs>
1: hey, but man, with John Cody, Gruden, Phillip Rivers, yeah. man, you're going to get your drama. You can believe that on primetime football. Yeah, we be better
0: excited. have all the drama in the world to put on, you know, our social media shows that teams are putting out, like backstage chargers yes. and all that stuff, you know? So, Cody, fantastic. Uh, can't appreciate you enough for coming on the show today, um, being able to, you know, on such short notice, me forgetting that there was even a Thursday night game. Um, when I recorded the last podcast, but I just (laughs) felt like I had to get something out for the fans because I felt or otherwise I would have, you know, kind of felt like I left them hanging. So I really do appreciate you coming on the show today. Um,
1: Can't wait for Thursday. That's all I can say. Yeah, man, appreciate it. Thanks for uh, dragging me over here into enemy territory. I appreciate it. Glad it's it's always good to uh, even display to the rest of the fan base that, hey, a Raiders fan and a Chargers fan can sit down here like normal civil people, have a grown up football conversation and just enjoy the game. Um And look forward to a good game. I mean, hey, it might be different on Thursday night, but at least right now, uh, we're buds.
0: Yeah, we're buds until Thursday night. <laughs> so once again, Cody, appreciate it. And uh, hopefully we'll talk soon, all right? Cool. Thanks, Michael. See ya.
1: All right, man. Have a good one.
0: That does it for today's show, guys. Really hope you enjoyed the interview with Raider Cody. Um, if you do want a little bit of a glimpse of what's behind enemy lines, I definitely uh, recommend going over and following him, listening to a little bit of that Raider Cody podcast. But I get it if it's a little too sensitive, you know, doing anything that has to do with the Oakland Raiders. So once again, this was the Powder Blue Review. I am your host, Michael Peterson. Don't be afraid to go on to Twitter. Follow me at Zone Tracks. Follow the Twitter podcast handle PB Review Podcast. And you can check out my work over at SBNationsBoltsFromTheBlue.com. And with that being said, guys, Thursday Night Football is coming up. It's going to be a fantastic matchup. Last game for the Chargers playing at the Oakland Coliseum, and it's going to be a good one. So with that being said, I will see you guys next week.